it for for argument's sake let's just say i hit the record button right now and i just hit it like five seconds ago like hypothetically speaking for reals yeah like hypothetically for reals i hit the button and and the podcast is started and a, a sort of test run if you will like a live test run yeah like a live test run and and the thing is like it, just because it seems so perfect it's you know, it's February 24th, and February 24th is Elden Ring Day. And we all know that everybody's favorite game on this podcast is, like, Dark Souls, except me. Like, mine's Shovel Knight, but that's that's okay. Which is basically Dark Souls. Which is, yeah, it's basically Dark Souls. So we could talk about Elden Ring and not knowing anything about it, because I don't think either of us have followed it that closely. <laughs> no, I watched a little bit of footage back when the network test happened um, okay i don't think i even had audio on but it, like the impression i got big spoilers is that it looks like dark souls but sunny oh it's always sunny in dark souls <laughs> yeah yeah the now that no more dark souls now it's elden ring the, i guess the ring is the the sun maybe i don't i honestly i all i know about this game as as it stands is that it's op it's it's technically open world which i feel like we talked about this a little bit last night but they are all kind of open world but it's a different type of open world i guess yeah i guess so well that's that's the mystery that we'll see the one thing that's certain is it sounds like a lot of people in the know their broad impression as far as I can tell while trying to avoid it, is it this is still definitely a Dark Souls game. Yeah. But it is not the same. So well we'll see. We'll see. You know, I the Dark Souls is like a good series, even if it got a little stale. Like I'm I'm interested interested to see what these guys can do. Yeah. Their idea of different. Yeah. Um like today I've seen a little bit of like what what I don't understand and I it, this has always been very annoying to me is one of the big complaints I've seen about Elden Ring is, oh, well, you know, the graphics aren't that great. And it's like, dude, really? Like, we're are we really going to make a huge deal out of this? Like, oh, I'm sorry. It's not so high fidelity that I'm questioning my life experience. Like, I never once in any of those games had a complaint with the way they looked. Like, Dark Souls 3, when it came out, was not up to snuff with games that were coming out at that time. Yeah, but it's it like still how, how mind-blowing could it be, right? It's, uh, I don't know, it's 2022. How, how much more, like, dankness and darkness can they add to Dark Souls, you know? It's kind of maxed out on that. I just... I, I, I don't know. It's the same to me. Thing. It looks like they're trying to do a departure. And that's 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 the important thing. Like, we'll we'll see if it if it brings some freshness to the formula. Yeah. Like the thing that annoys me, it's the same thing that was happening when the switch initially came out. But then a lot of that criticism went away was I remember hearing complaints about both the way Breath of the Wild looked and the way Mario Odyssey looked. And I'm I'm like, look, I've seen those videos of the Unreal Engine four mario sonic zelda and i don't personally i don't like them it doesn't fit i think they look fine like they the people who do them do a lot of work to make them feel natural and like i i respect that that's it's really neat that they did it but is 
like it, it just seems kind of like single-minded to see that as as the way we're supposed to be going you know where i think they're trying to bring uh, like new elements to the formula to keep like this type of game fresh yeah it's I, not just about like perfecting the same old game like like if we wanted that there's this game called dark souls remastered which does a lot to clean up dark souls um I'd I'd really like to see them make a game based on the lessons they've learned from making what like five six games in the series. I think at this point it's five. This is this will be the sixth one because you get or no? I think you got it, three Dark Souls, a Demon Souls, a Bloodborne. Uh, I guess you can include Sekiro. So yeah, you're right. You're right. But but you know they've been making a lot of games and they've been working on this. There's there is a through line like even with Sekiro. Um, the the most difficult game in the world and uh, nobody can beat it I'm, I, you know uh very very tough uh that i but, gotta say you know, it's a, there's a through line and i, I do want to see what what they consider to be like the the culmination here it seems like this is a pretty grand release for them yeah that's one thing i gotta say has interested me so for anybody that doesn't know i mean we didn't even introduce ourselves at the beginning of the podcast but do we really need to i'm frank that's pat there you go you're done you yeah, know yeah at the salonium at the bomb ass pizza unfortunately alex is not here you know but well we'll bring him in we'll we'll get it we well, we need to start popping off some content here hashtag yeah. content yeah dude it's all about like getting the content out there they're not giving us our patreon money so fuck it we got to make content again but yeah dude we're we're gonna have to work from the ground up we're we're starting over the, the the big thing to me that i thought was really funny recently is the fact that maybe it was like a month or two ago um you were playing dark souls 3 again but not Sekiro. Like you've beaten Dark Souls three, but Sekiro you did not go back to. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but I I do kind of really like Dark Souls three. Just playing it, um, like uh, there are definitely some some creative criticisms for it. Uh, I feel it, but there's it, it's just like kind of unbalanced in certain ways that I really like. Um, I'm I'm kind of considering speedrunning it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can do it a little bit. I know a lot of the old speedrun strats, but like I, I might visit this. I might just do like goofy casual speedruns. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um but we'll see what we got coming up. Uh I was gonna actually stream it today, but with, with uh Elden Ring coming out, I just kinda wanna like lock down and play it once it's out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could I could definitely see that. Like um it's weird when you talk about speedrunning. There's been a couple of games that have kind of crossed my path that I'm like, all right, do I want to do I want to get into that? Like that game I played recently in Phoenix. I really, really like that game. And I was like, you know, how hard would it be to speedrun this game? And I started thinking about it and I'm like, should I look up videos like. What should I do? Like, should I should I seriously think about this or should I just go back to the old well and kind of work on the games that I'm not so great at? <laughs> I don't know, dude. That game looks really good. Um, that it might be worth watching a speed run just to see if it looks fun. Yeah, like that game to me, for anybody listening and you included, like it's a high recommend. It's a high recommend for me. Honestly, so far, at least it's the best game that came out this year. Okay, um, it's on my short list. Like, it's definitely one of the better games that I've seen this year. I have a couple of other games that I have on my radar that haven't come out yet. 
Um, have you heard about the game Soldiers? No. Okay, so there's this game called Soldiers. Soul being spelled like the word soul. Soldiers. Like Dark Souls. Yes, like Dark Souls. And the whole, from my understanding of the game, the game is like a Dark Souls Metroidvania. Um, But there's like different classes that you could play as and stuff like that. So I'm kind of interested to see what it winds up being and it's being um it's being published by dear villagers which i like them um they have a decent catalog of games that they have that i actually enjoyed playing uh for example they have a game called the forgotten city which is really cool um if you still have your xbox game pass uh account it's on there if I think you it ever, just re-upped itself. Yeah, like if you ever, if you wanted to play that, you could try that game out. It's really interesting. It's like this time looping, uh, like sort of puzzle-ish game that's uh taking place in ancient Rome. And it's really cool. Like it's a it's a pretty narrative heavy game. Like, but it's a time loop. Again? Like it's it's like a narrative driven time loop adventure in ancient Rome. And it's called the Forgotten City. Like it's super cool. Forgotten it, City. Okay. It's super cool. Um, I saw it on Game Pass, and I was like, I gotta try this game out and see see what it's about. And just played it. Was like, all right, this this was legit. This is pretty legit. But uh, soldiers. Funny enough, I just went on to their page to kind of like their because I have them wish listed or whatever on Steam. And apparently there's a demo out for it now. So I'm going to have to download it and give it a try and see, see how it feels. It'll be interesting to see how that game turns out. Unlike some games I've played in, in recent years that have just not panned out the way you'd hope. There's a lot of disappointing games. There's disappointing games I played last night. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you you want to talk about it a little bit? You want to you want to get that no, that, I really that off don't. your chest? There's, I wish I had something to say about it, but I don't. Like there's just nothing to say. It's it's Final Fantasy 102 is a game devoid of content. <laughs> so, for reference for people, we all my streams I have like the the, the stupid channel point shit and you can obviously give yourself different things that people could do. And one of the things I did is like play it. You choose the game. I'll play it. And uh, one of the members of the of the audience chose Final Fantasy X 2. And when we first walked into this, Pat was very excited. He was very excited to play this game. It's um, true. We uh, replayed Final Fantasy X a couple times in the past few years. I've had a big turnaround on it. Big fan I did of that too. game. And it's like, you know what? Let's give this a chance, too. And the whole time I was saying to him, I'm like, it's different, Pat. This game is bad. Like, I know there's people out there that like this game. And I, and I like I'm not taking anything away from you. I'm not taking away from your experience with the game. If you enjoy it. I mean, I'm keep enjoying it. Don't don't let my stupid my stupid ass or Pat's stupid ass like change how you feel about a video game 
But yeah, this is a channel of just opinions for funsies. So, you know, if we're wrong, then go ahead and like blast us or cancel us. It'll be fun, dude. Yeah. Like, I, I don't give a shit. Like, I, how many times have I been on here defending fucking Simon's Quest when people think that game's horrible? For I don't sure. Care. And you know what? Open challenge. Anybody who wants to come on this podcast and challenge us that Final Fantasy X is a good game. Well, I I will promise you the last word in in the segment. You know, like you can you can have the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. All right, all right. Okay. You know, if you want if you want to come here and tell us why we're wrong, I, I would be interested to hear that. Now, but you you go you're gonna have to pass a a quick entry. We got to make sure that you're like the real deal super fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the one thing I will say is when we first started the game, like the game starts off well enough, you know, it has like, it's very tongue in cheek. Like you get in there, it, it's goofy, it's fun. You're like, all right, okay, I can get behind this. And so far, the big thing that people want to see is there's a clip that we have from the stream where Pat says this game is batting well above 500. Yeah, with enthusiasm, I, I will admit. And within two gay or two two streams, that has gone away. Now it is as of last night, it was batting a zero. <laughs> oh my god, it's uh, oh my god, it's the cheapest game I've played in a long time. Now, here's a question I have for you. Do you think if we used a walkthrough, it would improve the experience? maybe a little uh but this game it, it just feels really cheaply made like the dialogue just feels cheap the the content feels like cheaply made mini games uh, like that shooting game they just took random battle enemies and put them in like a really really sparsely made like shooting game it's yeah and that's the whole game like the 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 calm lands are a big casino Yep. With a pointless like rivalry thing between two companies that makes no sense. Well, um, the, the the I guess the reason I think maybe I I don't think it obviously will fix the problem, but I think a reason that the problem will at least be somewhat improved by a walkthrough is one of the issues that the game has is there's a lack of direction. There's just a, it's devoid of direction. Like, okay, I get it. There's a list of places you can go and you can go to each individual one and you'll eventually run into like whatever you need to run into. But I would like to have a little bit more direction there. Like it's not an open world game where I could just go out and travel and do things because some of the areas you go to, you're locked out of until like another event happens. So in that way, if that's the way the game's going to be like formatted, I think it would be more advantageous for them to have a little bit more of a direct sort of linear this. You should go here. It should there should be stronger conveyance of like where you're supposed to go. I, I don't I don't want to advocate for like, you know, the compass marker. Yeah, but this game kind of needs something to help you out because like the uniform thing last night you got to steal these guards uniforms to continue the main mission in the chapter we're on you got to go to like three different areas but like they might have said where you got to go in a dialogue but like i kind of fell asleep uh <laughs> so they they got to give you some way to know like what was going on 
yeah you know, to, to keep you moving because we we got lost and we needed somebody in chat to tell us where to go well and that that was kind of unfortunate here's the other thing too about that particular moment in the game how many enemies did we run into with the exact outfit that we needed to take like why you should at least at the very least if you're talking about hey these are the outfits that you need in order to progress the story maybe you should make sure that there's no other enemies that show up in the exact same outfit (laughs) (laughs) or or something but like to me you know i I think i think you're you're being reasonable but you're also being very charitable with this game where where it's kind of obvious to me that it's coasting on having pre-built environments from the previous game oh yeah and it's just too big for the bare bones content that they filled it with. That is probably the most accurate description I can think of of this game. Like you're talking about a full scale Final Fantasy game in Final Fantasy X, which, you know, there were things I did like I, we talked about this when we were doing the, the long stream of the speed run of ten. That I wasn't a huge fan of the more linear pathway that Final Fantasy X had, even though it did it well. I was more of a fan of that more open world nature. Not that, like I said, that not was that the one that changed it. Like nine had the traditional Final Fantasy open world, and ten went to the, you know, the hallway. Yes, and and it. I think it did it in a pretty in a pretty good way like the only complaint i really had about it was the fact that you couldn't really travel back to areas until the very end of the game but i am so sorry but i have to continue our podcast tradition final fantasy 10 could use a little bit more dark souls in its design the hallway could loop around on itself a little bit more and make some interesting things that's what makes like that sort of design interesting is that it's not one hallway but it kind of corkscrews around a little bit You know what? That's a fair point. Like you look at, I know, I know people are sick of hearing about Dark Souls on on the podcast. We need like a sound, like a sound bite for when we do the Dark Souls thing. Like we got to put a a quarter in the jar or something. But like the very specific thing about Dark Souls 1 is that it has like that, that vertical world, the cup of spaghetti design where like the hallway kind of loops around on itself and you don't need that list I know you do get fast travel, but it's it's limited. You don't have that airship list of just like, okay, now I can go back through the hallway like it's a big elevator. Yeah. Um, but that said, even though it's a big hallway, it is still pretty interesting and, and you can see what they were trying to do. Like the idea of not having a world map while still exploring the world does hold some water. Yeah, and and when you think about it, they were doing this in what? That game came out 2001? Final Fantasy Yeah, and they're trying to balance adding in, like, voice acting, more intricate uh, motion capture, real 3D environments. So, I don't know. Maybe they just bit off more than they could show with it, but yeah, it's impressive I, they still made a good game. I think they went bold, but getting back to the point, like, that game had a lot going on in it, and it had a lot of different environments and a lot of things because there was a lot going on in the story. You know, you had multiple characters telling their stories, you know, learning about each individual character in the party, which is something I really appreciated about Ten that I maybe didn't appreciate as much when I was a yeah. kid. But, but I think you touched on, like, it's it's specifically the move to, like, the hallway design that turn me off 
when I was younger. You know, yes. I didn't like that switch over. That that was a big minus for me. Yeah. But Final Fantasy X 2, like you said, uses all like not all of the environments, but a lot of the environments from the original Basically game. All of them. And it's too much for a game with so little substance. That is the biggest that's the biggest argument that can be made is there's so little because even when you get these, I guess they're called mission time events. That's the things that kind of push the story forward. They're very short. They're very like surface level. There's not a lot to them. They're very inflated by a high encounter rate. Yes. The encounter rate in that game is ridiculous. You were but timing it. It was like four seconds between encounters in in a lot of areas like you would get out of an encounter you'd start moving and it would be less than four seconds before it hits you again i think in the total from the i think i timed it like six or seven encounters i think the average was seven seconds like seven seconds on average for an encounter is ridiculous if that is what you have to do to pad your game out like maybe you should have just shortened the game like don't it does worry cover about up the padding. sheer lack of music. Oh, that, that, that. don't get Which me started. Probably the most harmful thing about that. This is Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy as a series has okay gameplay and good, but still kind of hokey story writing. And it all comes together because of a fantastic soundtrack that carries everything and pulls it all together. And it is just so missing from this game. Yeah. Yeah, it's like in in a weird way, I appreciate Mystic Quest more because Mystic Quest at least had good music. Yeah, you like, don't have to have good old Naboo to, to have a good soundtrack, you no. know, like like he's he's the legend. He's my favorite. But, you know, it doesn't have to be the same thing. But this this is just. It's it's kind of lazy to me. I don't, I don't want to say lazy. It's not like they didn't try to write the music, but overall, the the music production is just very sparse. Yeah, like the music is not at all tailored to the scenarios or the locations that it's used in. Like tracks are repeated really often, and they're just not good enough to hear them that often. No, like that song that plays when you're on the. Uh... When you're on the screen looking for the different areas to go to, that's like this quasi like uh prodigy song. <laughs> like I feel like I'm listening to smack my bitch up halfway through the song, and you're like, what's happening here? <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> like it's so ridiculous. But like I we're trying to figure out ways to fix this game. And I don't know that you can without scrapping the whole thing and starting over. No, honestly, I would just take the very few things that are interesting and I would try again. I would just straight up try again and ignore this one. Yeah. I like the idea of a story about Yuna on her own um, and something that proceeds past Final Fantasy X, like, you know, a new story. Uh, but th this ain't it, Jack. Well, like this ain't it, Chief. I think it would have been interesting because 
what I what I would have liked to have seen and what I thought was going to happen based on because I do remember this about the like the promotional material and stuff from when I was a kid. What I thought was going to be happening in this game was that you were going to play like your main character was Yuna, but you were going to have moments in the game where you played as Titus. Like you were going to have two separate experiences with the two main characters. And I was like, that's like you don't know where you are as Titus. You, you know, and Yuna's trying to find him. Like, I think it would have been a cool idea to kind of like maybe not split it 50-50, but split some of the some of the time with her and then with him. So you kind of like it almost as weird as this may seem, it almost feels like she's like, oh, I need to find him. And he's like, oh, I don't give a shit. I'm stuck here. Whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> Does that yeah. make any sense? Yeah, I mean, they could do a lot of things, but in the end, it just seems like none of the decisions were made like cohesively. Um, they they moved away, for instance, from the the turn based combat towards this active time battle, but and that's supposed to like speed it up. But I find myself like hiding in wait mode in like you know the spell or item screens just to figure out what the fuck's going on. Because people are just like going all willy nilly and moving around. It's, uh, yeah. it's just not a good game. It's it, the 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 other problem that I have with the the battle system in that game is the type of enemies you fight varies so wildly in one area. Like you might be fighting an enemy that you'll kill in two shots, and then one second later you're fighting like the toughest thing you've ever fought. And it's like, why, why are these two things together? Yeah, it's, it's I can't uh, do like enemies scale level with you because like the game doesn't seem to since it's not linear, you can go anywhere. Right. And we've had enemies that feel out of our league, but not like that out of our league. So I have no idea. They're just elongated fights. It's it's yeah. almost fighting the, the 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 guards or not the guard snail, the electric snail. Or the guard scorpion over and over again. <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, it like it feels just very mindless compared to the strategic battles of Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they got rid of that system. I like the system of, all right, here's the turn order. Here's where who's going where. You know, you can kind of try to plan out moves that are going to move them back or move them forward, whatever it may be. I love that system. Yeah, you I can see like all system. the various consequences and stuff like it. I, I think it's really neat. Uh, it makes for a very like thoughtful, strategic battle. It adds like a chess element. And then this one, I, I feel like I'm always just mashing because like, frankly, DPS is a is a thing in Final Fantasy 10, too. This this game is the equivalent or the battle system in this game is the equivalent of 52 pickup. It's just <laughs> that it's just all over the place. You're like, what's happening? All right. I guess I'll I'll pick everything up. It's it just flew all over the place. But all right, it's fine. And 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 just like 52 pickup, you don't want to play it. You don't like at a certain point, you just don't want to fight anymore. You're like, I'm done with the battles. This is I hate this. Yeah. Like I'm becoming a speedrunner of this game out of necessity. <laughs> but I think I am, I am literally dreading playing it again. 
How many? Like, how many? Honestly, I'm not even dreading the next stream anymore. I'm dreading the one after that now. It's so far ahead. <laughs> how many more do you think it's going to be? At our current pace, I think we have at least 12 more streams. Oh, my God. I don't know if I can do it, dude. It, it I don't know. take us the rest of the year. I don't know that I can spend 12 more weeks playing this game. No, I'm bringing in a walkthrough. I don't care. We're bringing the walkthrough yeah, out. Absolutely. We should use it now. Like, regardless of how we started, we should use it now. Like, we, we need, need to bring a walkthrough in. in the book. Yeah, we need to bring the walkthrough in and and just use it so that this could be over there are so many games that are coming out that i think both of us want to play and we're just holding up because of final fantasy 10 2 no the stream is constipated on this stupid fucking game (laughs) like i'm not doing it like i want to play lost odyssey i have not played that game in so long and i never finished it and i loved it when i was playing it and we're supposed to play it together. And I'm like, I am holding off on this goddamn game for Final Fantasy X-2. Honestly, we should just drop X-2 and play that. <laughs> Do you have like a game shark so we can skip to the end of the game? I don't. Unfortunately, I don't. If I if I had it on a computer, I bet you we could find like a trainer. Mm. But it's on the Xbox, so... We would need. Here's the sad thing: is like if it was just the gameplay is really slow, but it was compelling. I'd be like, we got to get through this. But like, I'm dreading the rest of the story too. It's going to be so boring. Well, there hasn't been like any. Like, it feels like there has been no substance, and we've been playing it for like 14 hours at this point. We're a quarter of the way through the game, and I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Like. I find it fascinating that in reality, if we look back, we, we the first stream was probably like, what, maybe four hours, maybe five. Sounds right. About four hours. The second stream was like four hours as well. And then the third stream was like three. So we've got we've legitimately got 11 hours in this game, 11 hours into Final Fantasy seven, for example, you knew what was going down. Yeah. Like you had a establishment. Final Fantasy X, same. Final Fantasy IX, any other game. It was like you were established in where you were at. If you were playing Chrono Trigger, you were probably more than halfway through the game at this point. You're at least saving a princess by now. Like, or something, right? Yeah. It's like we've gotten a couple of like little cutscenes. Like I feel like I'm playing like an MMORPG where I got to wait for like a weekly update to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it. it it's just it's been brutal. It's been brutal. Terrible. Like a walkthrough is absolutely necessary. We're doing it. I don't care if they don't like it. I don't care if you, the listener, doesn't like it. Too bad. We're bringing the walkthrough in so we can get through this damn game. I'd honestly rather play Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact wasn't horrible. Like no, it just it had horrible. it, it just right. had like little issues that I didn't like. The way they did the co-op, because that I think was ultimately the reason the two of us played it, if I'm not mistaken. And it turned out there was very little multiplayer at all. Yeah, there was not a lot to the multiplayer. And that's really what hurt the game. In and I don't know, maybe in the future it will improve. I don't know what their intention is with it moving forward. Like a game that the two of us have played 
that I would say has exceeded my expectation and probably exceeded yours was No Man's Sky. When that game initially came out, I had I was like, this is garbage. And now I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm not compelled to like really go all out on it, but it's an enjoyable play now. There's a yeah. lot to do. Like they just added I I one of the reasons I brought it up is I'm looking at my Steam catalog on my right uh on my one screen. And they just came out with another update. Like they just came out with apparently it's called the Sentinel update and apparently it adds a bunch of stuff. It adds like mech suits and shit to the game. All right. And it's like, dude, that's awesome. Like at the very least, they knew they messed up at the beginning when they announced the game and they gave all these promises and they couldn't live up to any of them. I think they at least recognize the fact that, oh, crap, like we 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 have to do this. Because if we don't, we're an enormous flop. But yeah, yeah, I, I still feel bad for them uh, when they got when they went viral with with the big trailer and got picked up by did Sony pick them up first? I believe so. Yes. Like, I, I feel like they they kind of got put in a no win situation to a degree where they were now kind of making promise they were cutting checks that they could not cash even with sony's bankroll yeah they were over promising and, like, the and under was not there like if if it came out without that hype and they worked on it like they probably wouldn't have gotten them this far with the content you know like having that backing really helps the financial and institutional backing of like multiple big publishers but yeah. uh they would have, I think, done a lot of content updates over time and people would have generally been happy with it. I agree. You know, it's just like it blew up expectations. And in all fairness, uh, who's the guy at the head of Hello Games? Sean Murray? Is that his uh, name? I'm not sure, honestly. I think that's his name. And he, he when people were asking these kind of sky high expectation questions, he kind of did say yes. You yeah. know, when they were asking, like, can we do this multiplayer stuff? And it wasn't going to be in the game yet. And he kind of said yes yeah. to a lot of things that weren't just didn't end up being there. Those were broken promises. But like, again, I feel like they were kind of put in this position, you know? Yeah. Like with with Genshin Impact, like they kind of. They kind of alluded to the co-op experience, but I feel like I wasn't really all that disappointed because they never really were like, this is meant for co-op experience. It was just like, you can do co-op. And then when we yeah, did it, it was, it was very minimalistic. Game. Yeah, the, the, it wasn't just the co-op that was minimalistic, I thought. Um, there was a lot to do there was a lot in it but in other ways uh, i did feel like it was kind of a little empty yeah um it, it feels like a like a a little bit like a cell phone game or like an mmorpg where like i'm kind of just like doing my daily checklist and i can be into dailies for about three days and mm -hmm. then it becomes tedious it becomes work yeah i I, I feel like they were trying to obviously give you the Breath of the Wild experience, but it was not Breath of the Wild. What I think is a big up is the world. Like, I think I think you started in the, the town of Mondstadt. 
Yes. And just, like just seeing all that was going on there, I think a lot of the like characterization there was good. Um the the music was all right and just seeing the breadth of the map and knowing how much more there was like I thought that was really impressive. I that made a big impression with me and I was really excited to see the rest of the world. Yeah. Um but at the same time I did not love the story in it. I, I, it is very anime and it it it's it's pretty it's pretty anime. I don't know. I just find some weirdness with like characters a separateness of like the characters in like their story cutscenes versus like getting them in your party as part of these like loot boxes versus you know like their their role in the the lore and the universe you know it, it feels like three separate things yeah i'm thinking of like the the uh the 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 kid in like the the bard outfit uh oh um vendy was that his name? Something like that. Like he was like the sort of like godish. Yeah, character. like the yeah, he was like the the wind god boy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Very popular character. Um, I, I like there was some weirdness with that. Like they were like it seemed like they were a quest giver, but also a character you can get, but also like an important lore character, and like these things all felt completely separate to me. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Like, would I go back to it at some point? Maybe. Like, I'd probably try it again and see. I mean, has anything you know, changed? It's the the price is right. Yeah, I mean, it's free. You can't really complain about a game that's well. You can, but you get you know what I mean. And honestly, for for all the talk about it, rips off Breath of the Wild style. It does a good job of it. Yeah, it does a decent job. Like it looks, it looks good. It sounds good. Like uh, some of the, some of the game's production really pulls me in. Yeah. So I, I mean, I would probably try it again at some point. I don't know how far it. I mean, it, we played it. What? Probably. Was it? Was it two years ago? Whenever it first started. Time. I feel like time doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. Ago. At the same time, I find it a little hard to consider going back because of how much of a cell phone game it looks like with the loot boxes and like the primo gems and all that. Yeah. Like, I'm a little interested, but I think I'd rather invest that time in other games. That's fair. That is that is definitely fair. Like, there's so many games to play. Like, it's so weird that. I've gotten to this point now where like I feel like I go more out of my way as I've gotten older to look for games that like not a lot of people may have heard of where in the past it just kind of happened. There would be a game that kind of sparked my interest and I'd be like, yeah, I'll check it out. But now I like kind of look for smaller developed games just to see, like, hey, what are they doing? Like, when I played uh, Spectacular Sparky, um, that game was awesome. Like, it was such a throwback to, you know, Genesis platformers. And just kind of happened to pop up for me. Like, hey, you should play this game. And I'm like, okay, I could do that. And I loved it. Do you do do you find yourself doing anything similar to that, or do you feel like uh... I think so? And I've got a theory. I've got a more charitable theory for us. Is okay. that 
I don't think it's just looking for the being a big hipster and looking for these obscure gems. Uh, I think it's that you've got a better idea of what you like to play and you've got a better idea of where to find it because you do also play some pretty big releases. That's true. That's true. So I, th- I think that, you know, it's just a matter of uh, aging. You get better at sniffing out exactly what you're looking for, you know, and I, I become discerning too. like it's not like the old days where if you got a cart like you you better play it because you only got so many nintendo games yeah we have an embarrassment of riches in terms of options to play so like i do get more uh you know i do kind of make big decisions like that i'm not just going to invest all my time in whatever there is like i have so many things i could sink time into yeah it's a valuable thing absolutely like i've uh i think it's interesting with the release of the steam deck coming soon like is that tomorrow i think it is i think the 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 official release is tomorrow and all all related news to it has been like great like people are like this thing is so well thought out yeah, it sounds like the battery is a little short, but that seems to be a reality of that form factor. Yeah, and 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 for me, like seeing like they did the, they've given the prints for like creating your own uh, parts for it, and it's I on. Think I gave it a seven out of ten on repairability. Yeah, like which is incredible. That's that that's crazy to me. I I like the fact that they're kind of getting themselves. Or putting themselves sort of in a position of, like, in the idea of right to repair. Like, you don't have to send it back to us to get it fixed. Like, you can fix it yourself or whatever. And that's been a huge debate for a while now. You know, so I like that they've kind of embraced it. Like, I really appreciate that from Steam. Like, Steam, that's one thing I will give Valve and Steam and all. Like, when they give you something, it's typically good. Like, you don't have to... You're not sitting down like, oh, this is going to be shit. Like, they're, the Valve Index is good. Uh, everything I've heard about the Steam Deck is good. The games that they create are typically good. You, you kind of know what you're getting from them at the very least. Yeah, I, I don't know. It feels a little more equitable as opposed to a lot of other, I guess, big releases kind of have that Disney World feel where it's like, get in line, wait your turn, don't do anything different. If you break the rules, you're going to lose your chance. And like with with Valve, with this, I, I get the, like you can just repair it. You can do what you want to do. Yeah, you can even like you can even use a 3D printer to make your own parts for it. Like, yeah. that's that's so cool. Like imagine doing that with an Apple product. Yeah. Oh, my God. I couldn't imagine yeah. how they would react. Like and some people like the Disney World experience and I'm, you know, I'm yeah. not going to editorialize on that. But for me, I like a little bit more agency. Yeah, I'm not going to like I understand why people are part of like Apple. The ecosystem is very well built. It's very well put together so that like it kind of all seamlessly works together where with Android, it's a little bit more difficult. And with Windows, it's a little bit more difficult. But you know, I like like I mean, said, I might I, not agree with their assessments, but like the reality is that I I also have particular tastes in terms of uh, my equipment and use ta- use cases and and the ways I do it. So like if 
really, I would just prefer that we have an environment where I can choose to do that myself. And that includes other people making their decisions like that. Yes. You know, like I wouldn't want everybody to compute like I do because they would probably find it to be really fucking annoying. Yeah. Um, can, can, know, I, I can I real talk for a second, though? Sure. Is it weird that I've legitimately thought like you and I have talked about VR and getting like the big thing is Pat has a you have a MR headset correct yeah I have one of the Windows mixed reality headsets the Lenovo Explorer okay and for me like I had one I sold it I had it as it were <laughs> um but I, I've been thinking about getting one again, and you know, me, me and Pat have been talking about it. I'm like, yeah, I've thought about getting the. I guess I have to call it now the Meta Quest, because that's I, that, that, what, whatever, so. uh, whatever. <laughs> but um, I thought about getting one of them, but I don't have a Facebook account, and I don't feel like creating one because I think that's really annoying. And they're apparently getting rid of that, but who knows when it's actually going to happen? That's true. They had a developer model that you didn't need a Facebook account for, but it was like three hundred dollars more at least. Yeah. And that that bothers me. It's like I have to pay three hundred dollars more for the same thing with less bullshit. Yeah. It's it, it it's insane, but. Getting back to the, the the big thing for me is one of the things I've considered, and you could tell me if I'm crazy or not, I've legitimately considered getting the Valve Index just for the fucking controllers. Just for the Knuckles controllers? Just for the Knuckles controllers. Like, they just seem so much better than any other option. They look like the best controllers in VR. Yeah, and that's the thing to me. Like, that's a big part of the experience is how... how what 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 is the line? How, where do I put my hands? Like that? That's yeah, what, what I think of. What, what, what do I, I do with my hands? What do I do with my hands? What do I do with my hands? Like it's a huge part of the VR experience is your hands, and I think having these controllers that strap right to your palm, and like as you move your fingers, it will recognize the movement of each individual finger. I'm like that's huge to me. That's such a big difference compared to. The Vive head or the Vive controllers or the Oculus controllers. Yeah. And I think that in itself almost in some ways in my head makes the price worth it. It doesn't. I think $1,000 is pretty steep, even though have you seen some of the new headsets that are coming out and what they cost? Not really. Like there's headsets coming out now that are that are top in 3K. Wow. I mean, I, I think that when it comes to premium gamer equipment... There, there is no cap on what people will pay. We were talking about this last night, but I have no doubt that there is a cottage industry of like mini mortgages for like elite gamer equipment coming. Like yeah. somebody's going to fill that niche because people will pay anything for gaming shit, like graphics cards, headsets. I, I have no doubt the average gamer like remember like. 10 years ago, back in the days of gaming forums, the idea of paying $200 for a graphics cart was laughable. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh my God. But it, it's not argument. all inflation, folks. Just like, for argument. It's crazy. I'm going to look up the 30 Ti right now, 3080 Ti, and what people are paying currently at this moment. Yeah. Try to buy one, for instance. Yeah. I'm going like to look for one. You can get right now without, without like waiting 
for a, a vendor. Okay, now the, the, there's an entirely different argument that you can make here as to why it's available, but I will point out that there is a 3080 Ti available at Newegg for fifteen sixty nine. Wow. Now, what I buy with everything going on with New Egg, would I buy it? I don't know. Did you see uh, Gamers Nexus video with the interview with? Uh, I did. I it, did. It was very interesting. Like they did some of the stuff, but I I agreed with Steve's assessment of the entire situation. Uh, like, has he made like from the end of that video, or has he said anything since then? He, I don't think he said anything since then. The one he made at the end of the video, like it seems like it, like at least based on that, like we'll have to wait and see because it took them a long time to get there. It, it stands to reason it's not gonna take a short time to get out of this. Yeah, um, they just became a bad vendor over a long time. I I, I agree. Now, this hasn't been the last year or two. This has been a while. What I will say that I'm somewhat impressed with is like a good way to find out where scalpers are at is have you ever heard of the website StockX? No. So StockX is this website. I think it's primarily used for people who buy like shoes and stuff. Okay. Uh, if you're into like, like the sneaker game. But I'm on here and I'm looking at the Founders Edition 3080 Ti and... A month ago, they were going for like roughly seventeen hundred hours. They're down to thirteen fifty. So there's definitely a dip that has happened. Like the art, the thirty eighty regular thirty eighties are going for apparently right now eleven fifty. So it's starting to come down, but for how long? That's the yeah. question that has to be asked. And maybe it's it's partially going down. Like if you look at. The, the, the thing that I like about this website, too, is you have a price history in, for example, in December, these cards were going for seventeen hundred and sixty dollars as as early as February 11th. Cards were sold for seventeen seventeen oh nine and we're down to thirteen ninety three. I my theory is that it has to do with the potential announcement of the four thousand series. Maybe that's what's bringing down the prices. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Who could say so many things factor in, but like, but again, like you said, we're talking about a graphics card that's $1,400. Yeah. The idea of spending that much on one part of a gaming computer was laughable. Like, like how much does an Xbox cost? $500 for the series X. Yeah. that says it all right there. Like you could be playing games right now instead of like waiting online to like sell your soul to get one piece of the machine you need to play. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard to justify, but like gamers, especially top end gamers will do literally anything for that extra bit of EP. Yeah. Um, And the thing is like part of it is, I think a lot of it is there's a FOMO that has been created where like I'm you're still seeing uh PlayStation 5s and I'm talking um the the, the currently the Blu-ray edition um is going for it's still going for like 700 bucks. It's supposed to be I think a 500 hour console. It's still going 200 hours over ask. 
because people fear missing out. Like they don't want to, they don't want to be behind the curve. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be there. And it's like, dude, you're two years into this console's life at this point. Yeah. Like, like you're it, already it behind the curve. Like it's still waiting to start. Um, <laughs> That's that's something. Uh, maybe it's just like it seems all marketplaces right now have become very speculative. Yeah, you know, it's, it's all being scalped, and it's there's a variety of reasons I think that kind of escaped the scope of this podcast. But it's it, you know it is sad to see those prices. Oh yeah, like I will say when a, a little funny story. I was very dumb and didn't pay attention when I was. Um, doing the room that I'm in the the current room in the basement when I was doing my redesign of the basement when I ran I ran HDMI cables in my wall so that yep. I didn't have them like sticking out and I was like all right you know what I'm going to put HDMI 2.1 cables in that way I can get the I could get the full 8K or the 4K 120 experience with the new consoles and stuff like that and I can also you know send 4K 120 to my TV cuz my TV is a 4K 120 TV so I'm like I can send, you know, games over to my TV from my computer and play them at 4K 120 because totally every every graphics card can do that. But didn't realize that my graphics card doesn't have HDMI 2.1. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I switched things up with my computer so much that I probably would have gone with just like a box at each end with like a channel, like a grommeted box. Yeah, just so you could you could use like a a line feeder to run cables back and forth when you need to change them. Yeah, like I I have like open areas so that I could eventually replace them if I need to. It's just going to be a bit challenging, mainly yeah. because of the fact that the you've got obviously the wall. I have the wall here that's that it's all built in, but behind it is concrete. Uh. So. Moving those wires is is going to be a challenge. I mean, worst case scenario, I, I I talked about it with Dana. I'm like, if I have to cut a hole in the wall, I will. Yeah. Like I know how to fix it. It's not like I mean, I built the whole goddamn room. I can I can patch some drywall if I need to. Yeah, it would just be disappointing if you had to go back down to ninety nine percent before being one hundred percent done again. Exactly. You know it. And and the thing is, like we were talking about this last night about how. You know, I've been talking about for a while that I wanted to build a new computer, but I'm not willing to do it at an end of life or end of generation. I'd rather wait till the new generation because it gives you room to upgrade like you have an upgrade path in the future rather than having to buy all new parts all over again. Um, And I think about like what I want to do with the computer that I have. Cause obviously there's nothing wrong with it. It's a little old, but it's not like it's a computer that's in bad shape. And I'm like, maybe, you know, and we've talked about this. Maybe I turn it into a server. Like, Honestly, you should like, I'd recommend you do what I did and just grab like Unraid or something like that. It's, it's a nice in between between like a lot of people I see online that are doing like their home labs they go and they buy like a, a big rack and they get like this this like uh, industrial grade equipment and it's it's a bad fit. But like an old gaming PC like that, not old, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it might not be optimal for for games now, but like it has a lot of horsepower and there are these sort of like middle range uh, home server software suites that 
take really good advantage of that, that don't require too much management, that give you a lot of, you know, room to play with it. Yeah. Just pop a few more hard drives in there. It's, you know, you got yourself a NAS that can also run applications. Exactly. And that's sort of like, that's sort of the idea of what I want to do. Like I have my hard drives that have, you know, old videos that no longer exist on YouTube anymore. Maybe I'll show them again sometime in the future, but you know, I have stuff like that. I have all sorts of information, like nothing, obviously, uh, like confidential information that is a little bit more protected for me, but, um, like having the ability to have stuff like that and have it easily accessible, like, um, Obviously, I have a, oh, no, I have a ROM of Sweet Home, and I have, like, the English the English patch of it, and who knows? Maybe I put it on the server, and what if I'm, like, what if we're at MAGFest? I could be like, hey, I'm going to access it and play it, and yeah, I can play well, it from there. Wanna, like, what if your gaming PC has another problem? For instance, remember when you had the problem, you weren't sure if it was the power supply or the motherboard, and it was, like, a real stressful thing? Yes, like you come into a situation sort of like that where you need to redo your computer. Like you don't want to lose your sweet home because it's just like in your downloads folder or like on even that computer. Who knows what kind of roll down of problems that could happen from a bad power supply. Yeah. But if you if you keep it on your server and like it gives you so much more room to do maintenance on your like everyday driver. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's part of it too. Like it's kind of having somewhere to preserve information and not have to like stress out over it. Absolutely. It's it's nice to have a little sandbox to play with, especially when you're doing projects. Like it gives you more room if you're doing like video editing and stuff. There's all sorts of tools that can tie it in. Yeah. And and like I I think we talked about it. My ultimate goal for it is to eventually be able to create like a private dedicated Minecraft server, not one that I have to pay for. Like sure. Minecraft servers are expensive, man. They're fucking expensive. Yeah. But if you could administrate it yourself, like honestly, I'm running that Valheim server and with just a few days of self-education and banging around, uh, and $12 a year for a domain, I have an easily accessible server. Yeah. You know, you can you can go to uh, valheim.bombasspizza.com and and play if you want. Assuming you know the password, come find it for me. <laughs> or just guess it if you want. We're not going to say it here though. That would be too easy. Yeah, that would be, that'd be way too easy. But, but you know, like it's way better spending twelve dollars a year to get a domain, or or if you feel comfortable, you could just share your IP address. Uh, but running the server on there is like very easy. Yeah. You get your domains through Google Domain. I do. Yeah, it's me too. <laughs> I've, I've looked at other options, but for now, it, it was the simplest one. Yeah, I just recently re-upped thesalonium.com for two years. Nice. I was nice. like, let me lock that down. Last time I did it, I had salonium.net because .com was taken. Oh, boy. And I checked, and salonium.com was available. I'm like, done. Mine. This is mine now. <laughs> You know, I still, I think I still own Salonium.net, so I have both, so I can use them for different things. <laughs> yep, yep. No, My only friends will be you on can .net. You should make your link tree on there. <laughs> nah, dude, my OnlyFans is on .net. Have you seen those? Yeah, the link trees. I, do, I think like, they're really nice. I've thought about doing something like that. 
except it always seems to be associated with uh, the the more lewd uh, walks of life. Typically, and, but but the, I think the bigger problem for me is like I don't really use social media, and I basically have a Twitch account. So it's like, <laughs> what if you what if you could have like a a way like a little kind of main menu to take people to either your Twitch or like some other things that may maybe have other stuff as a portfolio, you know? Okay. A way to, to share your things without just being on social media. That's fair. That's that's not a bad point. That's a pretty good point, in fact. Like that's one of my projects is to make a little e portfolio for just like my, you know, odds and ends projects. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. I'm gonna take that into consideration i probably won't do it because i'm lazy yeah it, yeah that's the thing is it takes work <laughs> <laughs> but at least i'll take it into consideration but no i do actually think that's pretty slick like in an age where social media just feels kind of overbearing i think a nice like link tree or just like personal portal is actually really slick looking i agree like i liked having my website and hopefully i'll have it back up soon like, I liked having a place that's separate from social media. Like, I'm not, I'm, I, I feel like I'm in that old group. Like, I'm too old for social media. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, I think that there's some, some real philosophical stuff to consider with it. Uh, uh, consider the people that you know that are like really actively into social media, like big time posters have a lot of followers. Like, they might be happy with it, but do you think that lifestyle would make you happy? Well, that's exactly it. Like, I think in a lot of ways, part of the reason why I'm not on social media, and this is not like an indictment on anybody else, is I find my life to be very happy to be separated from it. Like, I don't really spend time on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, anything like that. And I think my life is more fulfilled because I just worry about what's going on in my world. Like, sure. I think you can, there's such an overload of information there and that it can overwhelm people. And I don't think they realize that they're being overwhelmed by this monster known as social media and sure. being separated from it. I'm like, you know what? I'm not miserable. Like I'm, I'm generally happy in what's going on and on a day to day basis. Yeah. It just seems like if you're micro involved on it, it's a good way to get like really, really twisted out of shape. There's no micro approval factor, you know, like you can't get what you want from social media in one sitting. I mean, no. maybe, maybe you can just publish a tweet and get a ton of likes. I don't, I don't know, but like the, the kind of satisfaction that comes from say like even a good blog post that people really appreciate, I think is it, it just takes more time. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, so I don't like, uh, I appreciate that people are using social media as a way to like voice their ideas and attitudes and things like that. You know, like in some ways, I think it's very good that this, this platform is there for people. It can be healthy. I, I feel like at the same time, it's very unhealthy how much shouting into the void goes on, you know? Yeah. It can be right. healthy, but it it tends to skew beyond. That's, yeah, that's that's the big problem. Like you have this immediate, almost like vitriol re reaction to people, and I guess 
the oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna get flamed for this the way I say it. The anonymity of it. No, you got it. the The anonymity is very is emboldening to world. people. I fucking hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like having it's not just the anonymity though. It's it's the separation. It's the remote nature. Yes. that I can say this to you from here, and I don't see you. So like I don't need to think about your humanity. Yeah, like come and fight me, bitch. Like you're gonna get that kind yeah. of crap. And it's like, all right, dude. Like really, I'm not um, ten. So honestly, in some ways, the reason I don't post on social media is because I'm afraid of reactions. I I, I can admit that. Like okay. I, I do think that that's true on a level. Uh, it doesn't eat me up, but I'm not personally incentivized to naturally go posting on social media a lot. You know, like it, it just seems like more surface area for attack. And like, is it really worth sharing like vapid little thoughts if it's just going to be places for people to to get you? Unfortunately, I will save that for like with my close friends. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think it's too big of a pool. Like That's something fair. like Twitter, it's too many people. Well, it goes back to why I left Facebook, funny enough. I, I think I've told you this story before, but the reason I left Facebook years ago, like I wasn't on Facebook for the longest time and then I joined it for my YouTube channel. I was trying to build it. Like I was like, all right, I need to have a social media presence, whatever. So I, I create this account and I'm on there and it was around the 2016 election. And it was at the time they had that, I, I just remember the graphic of it. They were talking, I forget what state it was in, but there was, uh, it was the, it was before the primaries and it was talking about Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and an unknown candidate got so many votes. And I remember posting that picture on Facebook. And at the time, at that exact time was when, uh, Smash Brothers U came out or Deluxe, Wii U Deluxe, whatever the fuck it was called, the Smash Bros Ultimate, whatever. Smash Brothers on the Wii U. <laughs> yes. And they were they were announcing all the like DLC characters and stuff like that. And when I posted that picture, I just posted that picture and wrote, I really hope it's not another Fire Emblem character. That's all I wrote. And people got really mad about that. And I'm like, dude, I'm talking about a Fire Emblem character. Are you fucking serious? I'm out. Like, I'm done. I can't deal with this. <laughs> like, really? Yes, yeah. because I thought Krom from fucking Fire Emblem was going to be voted for in the Democratic Party. <laughs> That's, that's why, like, I don't know. Every time I look at Facebook, it just seems like there are these walls of text about like nothing yep you know and i'm not i'm not talking like uh one of these derangement syndrome type reductive descriptions of people who are upset about the opposite opinion of me like like people will just like get really bent out of shape they will air the dirty laundry on like anything and just like go and go and go they are going to prove that they are mad and they are online um, without be mad forever, you're saying beyond any shadow of a doubt, yes, mad forever and online forever. Um, 
it just seems like such a joyless experience you know it's either that or i guess sharing pictures which is fine i guess yeah you know? that's fine i mean that's fine. i don't really do it but like I, I get why people want to do it um well i think it, you and i are kind of in the same boat in that way like we're not really big picture people i like to enjoy the moment you know like i, I do like to take maybe like a, a few pictures while i'm somewhere just to like capture a sample real quick yeah but i like to live in the moment like like why one of the most annoying things to me is seeing people filming like recording a concert with their phone when they're at it like seeing a lot of people doing it because it's like you're all here yeah. <laughs> like nobody fucking cares just watch it you paid to be here you can watch youtube at home yeah like i can understand taking like little clips and moments of something but when you're like filming half of a concert it's like what why just just yeah. put the phone down i still remember a moment with dana and i we were in um we were in baltimore we were in the inner harbor area and stuff we were walking around and she says to like she's looking at her phone as we're walking up and down these streets she's looking at her phone she's like well we could and i'm like dana put the phone down and she's like what i'm like let's just walk and see what we find i'm like we can you're you're looking for things to do. I'm like, we can find them on our own. And we found a bunch of stuff. Like we found this place. It was like a hot dog stand type place. And the the people were super nice and they gave us free fried Oreos and it was an amazing experience. We wouldn't have gone there if we would have just listened to the the phone and what the phone was telling us we need to do. Yeah, and it's like I, let's just find an experience. It. I'm not I'm not like as okay so there's a lot of like boomer types uh not boomer as in born between the years of whatever and whatever but yeah. like you know like okay boomer yeah uh, boomer old school types, thinking I guess who are just like ah kids and their phones and it's like yeah actually you are 100% right okay boomer you're right but um I'm, I'm going to be more specific here. Like we got to accept change. Like phones are part of life. I yeah. like technology, but I see things like, have you seen the way to bring it up again? The, the Disney world is now. No, if you haven't seen any of it, the it's all based on this, this app. I think it's the genie app, but like basically to try and improve efficiency there, you instead have one of these apps that ambiguously assigns you an itinerary Okay. Um, so like your whole day is planned out so that you're not waiting, so to speak. But there's like all these like 15 minute like bullshit activities in there. Um or like little card games, or it almost feels like making adults do coloring. It's just like that's a nightmare to me. The that Disney is the Yeah, the app is called Genie. Um Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at it right now. And and just the idea that my vacation would be that like I have to go through like a summer camp assigned to me by like a phone app like fucking Amazon Alexa is going to tell me what to do today like that that sounds awful. Yeah, I would so much rather lay in the sun. You got personalized daily itinerary. And it's like, well, for example, um. So where, where my wife works, she got a, uh, it's a thing called the wings of excellence. It's so many people, only a few people in the company get it a year. And, it, uh, she got selected for the wings of excellence this year. And in getting selected, we get to go to, uh, Jamaica in May. 
Um, I I said to her, I'm like, I have one question. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of like events that you have to go to for this for this trip. And she's like, yeah, there's two. There's like a welcoming ceremony and then there's like this dinner. And I was like, okay, I'm just letting you know now there are the only two things I'm going to. I'm not being told what else to do. Like, I want to go there and just enjoy myself. Like, that's that's the whole purpose of it all. Like, I think, like, Dana and I have talked about the difference between a vacation and a trip. Like, you could go on a trip, and a trip it should be more, like, I guess, structured. But a yeah. vacation is when you just don't do shit. Like, you just do what you feel like doing. I think a vacation can involve structure. But yeah. like you have to know your threshold because some people like very structured vacations. Yep. You know, like to them, a trip is a vacation. That's Dana. And <laughs> I, I, I can respect that. But I get like two things. One is like, that ain't me. No, that ain't me. And the second thing is, I think you need balance. Like, even though I like relaxing, I do also like going and doing things, you know, yeah. so like. I I enjoy on a vacation like limited bursts of activity where I can then go and like lay in the sun. Yeah, you know? 100%. Like, let's, let's go let's go down to the boardwalk and we'll do this thing for like a little bit, like an hour or two, and then we're gonna come back and like ass out for a while and just enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Like that just was um to shake things up a little bit. Yeah, like when we were in Hawaii the last time, um I said to Dana we went over to the big island and went to the volcanoes and it was amazing. Like it was so worth the time. It was so worth the time. Just an incredible experience that like there was two things that really stuck out in my mind. And like that was sort of planned. We, we talked about it before we went to Hawaii because obviously you got to get a flight and all that. Um, but we talked about it ahead of time and, Two experiences from that, like, so vividly stick in my mind. And I said one could have been a Verizon commercial because I was in the volcano at the time. We were in the volcano. And I called my parents. And the phone call went through. I was inside of a volcano. Like, that's so ridiculous to me that I was in a volcano talking to my parents on a phone. <laughs> and then... That's pretty cool. The other one was as we were walking through after I got off the phone with my parents, it started raining and it was just like this. So like it was such this weird juxtaposition, like you're in a volcano. It is pouring rain, but it was so cool. Like it, you feel like you're on Mars because everything is there's no wildlife. There's no greenery. It's just all, you know, ash basically. And you're walking around and then it starts raining. You're like, this is so cool. Like, this is such a cool moment. And that'll be in my brain forever. So I totally agree. Like, you need a little bit of both. But I definitely more prefer the less structured side of things. Like, when we go to MAGFest, I don't plan shit. I just go. Yeah, yeah like, I, I get that guidebook. I go through, I bookmark a bunch of things. And then I go to maybe, like, a quarter of them. Yeah. Like you get an like idea. I, I have them as options. If I want to do something right now, I'll hop over to that. But like the thing about vacations as opposed to regular life is that you're getting away from obligations. Yeah. Real life, there are things you have to do. 
that's 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 not even just adulting that is that is just straight up real life you gotta do your chores you gotta pay your bills you gotta go to work you gotta deal with problems right yep on vacation you don't gotta do anything you shouldn't be responsible to anybody nothing that's the nice that you should be able to take the load off your shoulders and breathe a little bit yes like and, and adding too much structure just feels like it's you're still carrying a light pack you know like i don't like it yeah i'm with you i'm with you a hundred percent like it just doesn't feel right it doesn't like you don't want your vacation to feel like waiting like that's what you do all the other time yep yep like magfest this year was so desperately needed it was oh, yeah. so desperately needed like even though I didn't get the full experience, I, I missed out on some of it. Um, like, I made the most of every fucking second I was there. Like, every second. I don't feel like I wasted any of it. Like, we went to the casino the night before MAGFest started and, you know, going to Club Penguinus, you know, and just having a good time. That was all the stuff like playing the different various games at the arcade and playing, you know, some console games and going. The only thing I didn't do this year that I wish I did was get to a concert. I didn't get to any of the concerts. Oh, that's a shame. We did uh, uh, PCG and I went to a uh, bit brigade and it was really good. Yeah, like I th that was the one thing I didn't get to this year. And I always love going to the concerts, but that was the one thing I missed out on. But the way I look at it is there's always next year. I will. Yep. I'll get there. I will get there. You better believe it. Absolutely. Absolutely. See uh, now, it's, it's nice to online like that. Yeah. Like now I have a question for you. Sure. It's what did you think of this newer idea? Like it was a little bit less structured than our normal podcast, as we've kind of alluded to a little bit in previous podcasts and talking about it before we brought it back, but I kind of like it. It's a little bit more a conversation. Sure. It, it kind of reminds me too of our uh, Q and a episodes. Yeah. Which I thought were a uh, person. I think they're our best ones. I agree. Like we can just kind of go all over. Uh, the reality is even when we have big thesis episodes, uh, we end up talking about whatever we want. So I think we should just lean into it, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I Everybody think, should tell us what they think, though. You know, if uh, yes, if you guys think this sucks, then you know, tell us to shut the fuck up and give us money on our Patreon. Yeah, that'll make us go away. Our, See, I did the callback. Now you know it's still the same podcast. Our totally real Patreon. You can you and you can find our podcast at the Seven Eleven next to the hot dogs. Is um, the domain the Patreon dot com available? I don't know. You would have to look. That up. <laughs> Donate to the Patreon. <laughs> Tell me, you gotta, you gotta tell me. Is it, is, is it something that exists or no? <laughs> uh, it's a bad website. It is. Oh, yeah, it's, it's just like ads. Oh my, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I warned you. I warned you. <laughs> Don't go to the Patreon. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't go to the Patreon people. We're taking it back. Do not give your money to the Patreon. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> wow. Holy. But, like, 
I think what makes it best is just a more free form com like where we shine most is when we're just being ourselves being dumb dumb dudes yeah just talking about what's on our minds which was initially elden ring and then we were like nah screw that we'll talk about like valve and we'll talk about twitter and we'll talk about all and vacations and all sorts of stuff there is truly no thesis to this podcast no. and i think that that is great i i agree like it's not it's not really a video game podcast. It's I mean, a it podcast is, but it isn't. that's video game centric, but not about video games. <laughs> as as so many things on the internet, it started out as gamer shit, but uh, it went somewhere, and I hope it's not bad. I hope it is. I really hope it's just like people are like, "This is the shits," and I'm gonna be like, "Good, we're gonna make more." We're gonna make oh, yeah. more. I hope that I hope that. I just hope we don't get like hashtag canceled. Uh oh, you what have you never been canceled before, dude? No, 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 like you know, like the super cancel. Oh, uh, 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 I got you. I, I, got I you. can I can handle uh, you know many regular cancellations, but uh the super cancel. I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Super cancel. Nobody's ever tapped out of that one. That's true. It goes that over strong. <laughs> it goes over strong every time. Nobody's ever tapped out of that one. Nobody's tapped. The best hold of all. The super cancel. Nobody's ever tapped out of that one because they all died. What did you? Excuse me. What did you say? Uh, they all gone, gone. <laughs> well, we're going to end this episode and be gone gone not that type of gone bomb but but just gone from this podcast oh my god all right goodbye people later people i hope you enjoyed it check us out on twitch and stuff the bomb ass pizza and the salodium you can check us out and follow the stuff but but now we're gonna go goodbye goodbye Yeah. <laughs>